Today we're going to explore a topic that is about as complex as it is uh, volatile. Uh, and we're going to charter some territories that are, I believe, treacherous at times. And so I'm warning you up front, this is a tough topic. Today we're going to talk about discipline. And at times when discipline is exercised, the tensions, they really can rise to kind of a Cleon proportion. It's uh, interesting as temperatures rise, it creates kind of a chill in the air. And uh, parents, this is going to require a lot of strength, a lot of patience, a lot of persistence, and sometimes just flat-out endurance, and uh, it always takes godly wisdom. And this is not a topic for the weak. Uh, We have talked quite a bit about parenting. We we started off saying the prime directive is to know God, you know, that we are to make sure our kids know God, that it impacts everything. It's a number one priority. And then we've been in this deep space nine, and uh, we're talking about nine things that we need to focus on as parents. Uh, we talked about building a force field, uh, talking about self-esteem, that our kids must know. It's absolutely vital that they know that they matter and that they're valuable. And uh, we talked about enrolling our kids in Starfleet Academy, giving them ample uh, challenges in life, giving them responsibility so that they can develop an inner competence. And... Uh, talked about developing their uh, interface capabilities, modeling and teaching healthy relational skills to to our kids. We talked about preparing them for warp speed, that we need to give them godly values, a spiritual foundation for for their life so that they can navigate. And then last week we went shields up, and we said we have to protect the home station, the marriage, the fact is we've got to nurture it, we've got to guard it, because the evil one knows that if he can mess up your marriage, he can invade your family. And then we talked about protecting our, our kids by monitoring their relationships, and then we talked about charging our phasers, uh, setting some parameters uh, as to what's in and what's out, and phasing out some media that uh, we have in our households and on our iPods and what have you. So uh, if you're a parent and you haven't been with us, you need to download the messages. Uh, I I have been kind of blown away. I mean, I get a lot of emails uh, on a regular basis, but through this series, uh, I've appreciated the the encouragement uh, coming from all over the place. And um, I just... uh, Maybe don't thank you enough. Those, those are the things, those days when it gets dark and gets hard to keep going, uh, it's always nice to know that you're touching someone's life. So here we go, the last two in this Deep Space Nine. We're going to talk about discipline, and then I'm going to give you nine really quick tips that are just kind of across the, the board. You know, when discipline is in place in a home, when love is flowing, when grace and, and understanding are in place, it's an amazing thing to, to watch the family at, at its best. And yet, when discipline isn't in place, it's absent, it's not working properly. I'll be honest with you, it's just tough to watch. In fact, it compromises the parenting enterprise. You know, whenever we talk about discipline or whenever I've talked about it, uh, people begin to express opinions and there are a lot of questions that that come to mind. 
there is usually an overall attitude from parents, one of confusion. You know, how far do you go? You know, when do you get strong and, and when do you back off? And uh, so before I ever get into this disciplined galaxy, so to speak, I want to say up front, it is impossible for me to cover all the subtle nuances because this topic's just complex. And I want you to remember, and this is true with everything we've talked about, but to remember every child is different. And in other words, when it comes to discipline, there, there needs to be some custom design to it. And I'm just going to hit high points today on discipline, uh, areas that I believe the Bible speaks very directly and succinctly and very powerfully to. The Number eight in our Deep Space Nine Chart the course. Chart the course. You know, in Star Trek, they uh, have a cartography department, and they kind of chart the course for, for the Enterprise. They determine what the boundaries are, and they're aware of all the boundaries that are in space. You know, the Alpha Quadrant, the, known as the Badlands, uh, there's the Briar Patch, there's the Galactic Barrier, uh, neutral zones that exist. And so the Enterprise... When they're traveling, they, they kind of establish their maps and they chart their course because they know what's around them. They understand what's around them. They know where the boundaries are, where they exist. They know when they're, they're crossing them. And it's all in an attempt to keep the enterprise from problems, from, from danger. Well, parents, it is vital that you chart the course that you establish the cartography for your child. You know, it, it helps your kids navigate in the world. It, it reduces the danger for them. It helps them uh, establish their bearings in, in life. And it gives your child a point of reference for living. You know, when you establish the, those boundaries for your kids, it kind of gives them a, a playing field that they understand. You know, I think I've shared before, I, we spent most of our time outdoors when I was a kid, and we, whatever sport was hot, that's what we were doing. And, you know, when football came around, we'd go to my backyard, and we would try and establish the field, you know, and it went something like this. You'd be like, okay, the corner of the garage is one out of bounds, the big tree, not the short one, but the big tree, you know, that's another out of bounds. And, and uh, that stick there, that's going to be the goal line. And those leaves over there are the goal line. And then somebody would run off with the stick. And, uh, you know, it, it was crazy. We, we would set that up. And, and we fought all the time. You know, you were out. No, I wasn't. I wasn't out. That's out. I wasn't out. You know, that, that's not a touchdown. Yeah, it is. I was, I was across the line. You know, that's a TD. I don't care what you say. And we, we'd argue. And so I pretty much got tired of it. So I head down to the, the hardware store. I got paint. And I come back, and I created a field in our backyard. We did the sidelines, the goal lines, the hash marks, you know, first down markers and, and all that. And then I made myself commissioner of the new NFL. And get this, we even charged <laughs> to play on the field so we could pay for the paint. But it, what, what happened? The games went better after that. We didn't have as many disputes because we weren't guessing anymore. And as parents, 
you have to establish the playing field. You have to establish the cartography. You know, as parents, you have to do that. You have to chart the course. And when you're doing that, you need to avoid a couple very common mistakes. I see this a lot with, with parenting. And that is the mistake of constantly changing the navigational course. You know, always changing the boundaries. What's in? What's out? You know, putting your young explorer in a navigational field that is in a state of flux all the time is just dangerous. It's dangerous. I mean, what was out of bounds last week, you know, what was an out-of-bounds maneuver, be, all of a sudden we treat it as a, a major infraction. And when kids are not clear about the cartography, you know, those boundaries, those navigational maps that, that we build in their lives, what you find if you're always changing it, okay, don't misunderstand me. I mean, there's age-appropriate change. But when you're just changing it, pretty soon your kids get very timid. It leaves them confused. And sometimes out of just frustration, it leads to major rebellion when they get older. Because they go, well, I don't know what the field is. I'm probably going to get in trouble anyway. The other mistake, and this one's staggering to me, parents that allow their kids to establish their own navigational course. You know, it goes something like, you know, parents going, well, you know, I'm going to let my son, I'm going to let my daughter find their way in the world. I'm going to let them decide where the boundaries are. I'm going to give them free navigational reign. Sounds American, doesn't it? But it's awful. It's awful. Proverbs says correction and punishment make children wise. But those left alone will disgrace their mother. Not their father, their mother. (laughs) I think that's implied there. If children are going to navigate successfully in life, parents, you've got to chart the course. You've got to have clear boundaries. And number nine, you have to address violation of protocol. See, it's great if you chart the course and you establish boundaries, but if it's not enforced, it doesn't matter. You have to enforce those boundaries. Proverbs writes and says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. Let let me say something. People, sometimes they go, rod of discipline, and they immediately go, okay, that's talking about spanking a kid to death. That is not what it's talking about. It's saying discipline, the, the rule of discipline. Put it to work for you. You know, the Bible teaches that in a real sense, sin and evil exist. And that it's in the nature of human beings that children, the Bible says, are bent toward rebellion, are bent toward self-centeredness, are bent toward that out-of-bounds maneuvering in their life, and that a child is born with the instinct in them, so to speak, to, to lie, to cheat, to manipulate things, to get what they want. 
I mean, how many of you have children? That's true. And you didn't teach them. You didn't go, okay, let me teach you how to lie, son. They, they, one day you go, where did that come from? You know, the Bible says if a parent does not address that, if a parent does not confront those sinful tendencies and do everything in their power to expose them, to help your child identify them, to help your child get control of them, that that sinful tendency will eventually tyrannize their whole navigational system and ultimately cause shipwrecks later in their life. You know, which is why Proverbs says, if you love your child, you will correct them. If you don't love them, you won't correct them. If you spare the rod of discipline, the rule of discipline, if you don't discipline, it says you're going to ruin your child's life and probably your own. I mean, that to me has got alien written all over it. The, the fact is that uh, that whole alien thing, if you avoid disciplining, it hurts your kids. And in some ways, it creates these alien-like qualities in them. I mean, here's how it goes. You know, three-year-old Terry, she tells a few cute little fibs. Mom and Dad go, She'll grow out of it. She'll grow out of it. Isn't that cute? Oh, oh, this is so sweet. We videotape it and everything. At 13, little Terry lies about what she's going to do Friday night. And parents go, well, teens, they lie once in a while. And at 23, she can't hold a job because her boss doesn't trust her. And at 33, her spouse figures out that she is incapable of telling the truth about anything. Friends, at 43, pitiful, pathological liar that's been isolated, alienated in life. And the fact is, the future, it's just got a lot of pain in store. Parents that are afraid to step up to the plate on this one. Watch out. You know, I know sometimes we go, well, I don't want to alienate my kids. You know, for whatever reason, we're not wanting to address the violations. And friends, fast ramp that because I can tell you that someday, someday you will face the sobering fact that that childhood little fib at three is not so cute. I mean, it should have been confronted. It should have been disciplined. Disciplined diligently. Discipline's serious business. I mean, if you love your child, you better be willing to address the violations of protocol. You need to become experts in this field. You know, it, it, we need to study, you know, spend time together. Every parent here is capable of improving their discipline skills. You need to study. You need to read Christian books on the topic. You need to take it and just drench yourself in that knowledge.
you know, I'd encourage you, one of the areas we're covering in the, the uh, parenting seminar is we're going to be talking about that and, you know, be able to get into a little more detail. Uh, you know, I encourage you to sign up, sharpen your skills, sharpen your parenting skills along the way. Wise parents chart the course. They chart the course. They clearly establish the cartography, the boundaries, the, those navigational expectations, the rewards that are, are available, the consequences. You know, and once they've clearly communicated and, and the, a child understands, must address it when they get out of bounds. You know, not with uh, kind of uh, amped up uh, rigidity, but, you know, not with a, a wink and a reprieve, but with godly discernment, godly discernment. You know, basically we are mimicking the creator of the universe, the God that created you. It says our, our parents, uh, Paul writes this, he says, our parents disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good. Ouch, I don't like that part that we may share in his holiness. No, discipline seems pleasant, does not seem pleasant at the time. Okay, we'll try that again. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Friends, we serve a God that loves us so much that he's willing to discipline us. And parents, if you love your kids, if you love your kids, you have to address the violations of protocol. You know, some, some parents, when their, their children are messing up, they just kind of threaten them. You know, several years ago, uh, Cindy and I were on vacation, and we were sitting around the pool, and it felt like we were on another planet. I mean, a, a Saturn-type planet. Uh, it was a planet called Michael. And everybody at the pool, I mean, had to revolve around this child. You know, it was the same ring, hour after hour, day after day. You know, everybody had to pay attention. And I'm not even sure if Michael's mom was at the pool, but there was a lady at the pool. And she would sit there and she'd go, Michael, if you do that again... Don't make me get up out of this chair. I'm serious. Don't make me get out of this chair, Michael. Michael, one more time. I'm going to get up, Michael. Don't make me get up. And it went on and on and on. And seriously, Michael was affecting my space-time continuum. (laughs) And anybody that knows me, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking... Okay, don't say anything. Don't say anything, Damon. Don't say anything. It was all I could do to keep from just getting up and going, Mom, would you like me to help you out of that chair? (laughs) On behalf of the people of this galaxy, I am willing to assist you in addressing the violations. Seriously. I could see the handwriting on the wall. Michael, you're three hours late on curfew. Don't make me deal with this. Michael, I mean it. Don't do it again, Michael. We're going to have problems. Don't make me do something. And on and on and on. And that's a sad commentary. Parents, 
you have to address issues with your kids. And I know, as I say that, some of you are going, but but my kids won't like me. It is not a popularity contest. And your kids will love you regardless. They will. At some point, they get done being mad or whatever. Under it all, and I've talked to a lot of, a lot of teens, a lot of, a lot of children through the years, they will say, I know my mom and dad care about me. Now, a few tips, and I'm going to kind of blast through these, but tips when it comes to discipline. One, start early. Start when they're young. You know, when they first start maneuvering and getting around, because what happens oftentimes is parents, they wait, and they think, okay, my child will kind of correct themselves. And so when they're young and they're kind of moving around the universe, you've laid out this very clear cartography for them. You know, you've identified the boundaries. You're addressing the violations. And if you do that from the very start, but so many times people wait, and when their kid's a teenager, then they go, we're going to start disciplining now. We're going to deal with discipline. You know, discipline your child, what? While there's still hope? Start young. You have to start young. If you don't, it'll ruin their lives and probably ruin yours. Two, establish a unified front. You know, parents, you must be unified. You must operate out of the same playbook. You know, because kids real early, they figure out how to play one parent against another. True? They learn that all by themselves. They don't even have to learn it from another kid. These little voyagers, as they're working their way through, they figure out how to work things. You know, they they ask mom permission to do something. And if permission's denied, who do they go to? Dad, or vice versa. But, you know, when that permission's denied, dad comes home and, and they make the same request. First thing you ought to come out of your mouth is to say, have you talked to mom about this? What did mom say? And if mom said no, dads, that's a moment of truth for you. Because if you cater to your child, you're messing up big time. Unified front, unified decisions. If it's something that you're not sure what the answer is, then wait. Just say, i got to talk it over with your dad. i got to talk it over with your mom. And then give an answer. But present a unified front. You know, if you don't, you're setting yourself up for problems and you're setting your child up for problems. And kids go the path of least resistance. And and let me say something to blended families. Uh, Cindy and I were a blended family. And uh, this is exponentially difficult and requires a lot of work. And, And let me say, there needs to be rules that are across the board in your household. You know, his kids her kids, our kids, whatever, need to be on the same playbook, okay? And when possible, and I'm going to say this, when possible, consistency between the two households, if they're bouncing back and forth between households. You know, and, and I know that's a difficult one. It's like you maybe can't even talk or communicate, but when possible, 
try and try and communicate what's what's the what's the situation in your house it'll be that way here and come up with it and i know the temptation here and i've watched this and it's ugly people go but i want to be the likable parent he's not allowed to do that when he's over there and so i'm gonna let him do it here that'll fix her seriously does that play i mean I'll be the favored parent. And I want to say, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. You know, and and if you're on the flip side of that equation, where you go, we're trying to put rules in place, but they have no rules over there. Again, try and communicate between households. If that doesn't work, you need to explain to your children why there are rules in your household, and you need to continue to hold the line and honor God. You know, I said last week, we as parents, we will give an account someday before our maker. And so that's across the board. We'll give an account someday. When you discipline, discipline in private. You know, when, when you see a violation, you've got to deal with it. You've got to deal with it. But this isn't like assessing a penalty in the NFL. You know, you're watching a game, somebody commits a penalty, what happens? They throw the flag, they zoom in on the referee, he gets on the intercom, unnecessary roughness, automatic first town, and everybody's going, whoa, 56 just blew it, messed up big time. And then, then they go to instant replay, and they show it again and again and again. What do you think, you know, and they're talking about it. If you want to crush your child's spirit, If you want to dismantle them systematically, correct them, discipline them in public, discipline them in in front of their friends. That's a good way to do it. You can just tear them apart. You know, I have talked to too many adults through the years that remember being hurt and disciplined in public. Now, understand, you know, you're in a restaurant. Best thing you can do is take them outside, deal with them one-on-one. I know doesn't always work. I'm doing the grandkid thing. It doesn't work sometimes. You, you have to do what you've got to do, but when possible, you need to discipline privately. Don't discipline in the heat of the moment. Now, every parent, if we're honest, every parent has been where your child is on your last nerve, right? Full tilt. And when that happens, don't discipline in the heat of the moment. Don't do it. Because you will either be way too harsh or you will punish in a way that you regret. Anybody ever done that? You, you, you declare a punishment and then, then you regret it. I mean, you want to retract it take, it, take it away. And I want to suggest when it comes to this topic, that we kind of have a Spock approach to the moment. How many of you remember Spock in the show? You know, he was a Vulcan, pointy ears. How many of you can do the, the sign that he does? I, I have a hard time dyslexic here. So. Remember, remember him? Live long and prosper, you know. But he would say, don't discipline in a way that's illogical. You need a logical approach. Give your kids a, a time out if you need to. Say, 
you know, I'm going to deal with this. I'm just not going to deal with it right now. Get in a place where it's non-emotional, it's a logical perspective, and also don't punish in a way that punishes you. You know, sometimes in, in the heat of the moment, you declare the punishment. And after you do it, neither you or your spouse want to follow through. How many of you have ever done that? And you're thinking, what was I thinking? Grounding them for five years. That's crazy. I mean, we, we've all done it. And what happens when you go crazy like that is you either cave in or you resent it the entire time. You know, don't threaten with a punishment that you have no intention of keeping. You know, you're on vacation, and your seven-year-old's acting up, and you go, you do that again, we will leave you in the hotel, and we will go to Wally World without you. You know, don't do that. Think the discipline through. Make it fit the violation, and be consistent. Be consistent with it. Ephesians 6 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Fifth thing, develop discernment. Develop discernment. You have got to pray and pray and ask God to give you a level of discernment. Discernment as you're figuring out what the course is, what the boundaries are. You know, as you're creating that navigational field, you know, you need to pray as you're trying to establish age-appropriate course for navigation. You know, you've got to ask God's guidance as you're trying to figure this stuff out. I mean, did they violate protocol with with malice and forethought? You know, kind of a defiant spirit. You know, in other words, you kind of draw the line and they put their little toe over the line just to see if mom and dad are really going to stand up. And if that's what they did, you better stand up, parents. You know, but but maybe, you know, again, this is age-appropriate thing. Maybe it wasn't with malice. Maybe it wasn't with forethought. You know, really young ones, maybe they just forgot. You know, maybe there are extenuating circumstances that requires some other consideration where maybe it's a reduction in, in whatever the punishment is or, you know discernment you need discernment you know what is the best course of action you know it it will you just got to spend a lot of time with this one you know discernment will determine whether it's time in the time out chair or uh an understanding spirit that says son we're going to try that again you know honey we're going to try that again You know, sometimes it means we're more severe with things. As kids get older, it gets exponentially difficult. You know, when do you restrict privileges? When do you assign extra chores? You know, when do you write a a note of apology or make a a call of apology? When do you have an act of restitution? You know, that kind of discernment, the only way you develop it is you've got to spend time reading you got to spend time praying. you got to spend time in conversation with other Christian parents, you know, and commit yourself to raising that, that uh, discernment threshold, so to speak, and make everything a teaching moment. 
We've talked about this before. When, when you need to discipline, that is always a teaching moment, imperative. You know, it's saying, honey, you matter too much to me and God. You, you matter so much, in fact. Your life is so important. Your, your future is so bright that I could not allow you to head into life with that kind of a value, that kind of an attitude, with the kind of behavior that you're exhibiting. It's just not going to happen. Friends, there's too much at stake here. Too much at stake. And don't just make that discipline, but make it a teaching moment. I, I, I could stand up here all day. I was not an easy kid to raise, okay? I know that. My neighbors love me. I had to mow their yards, trim them. You know, they go, what would you get in trouble for this time? I really want my garden dug, you know. It was like, it was just off the, off the charts. But I can remember, I was in fourth grade, and our, our neighbor next door, she had this massive bird bath. And a buddy of mine, and I, I, seriously, I don't even know why. I I didn't go around breaking things and all that, but we bet each other, and he goes, I bet you won't go turn that over. And I thought, well, you're way wrong on that one. And I ran, and I shoved the thing, and as it fell, it just shattered into a million pieces. And I took off running. I I thought I'd committed the perfect crime for about 10 minutes. (laughs) My parents got a call. And then mom, Damon Lee. Now, if I heard my middle name, I was busted big time. And they got me in the house. I said, Damon, did you break Miss Greider's birdbath? Moment of truth. And I knew it was way worse if I lied. Yeah. And then they proceeded to, why'd you do it? Do you think it's right? You know, what do you, what do you think God thinks about what you did? And then, after we had long conversation, way long conversation, they dealt out my punishment. And I remember very vividly, they said, Damon, you, remember, you know all the money you've been raising for that bike? I had my eye on it as a swim, swim, green, beautiful bike. They said, well, that money, after you go over and apologize, we're going to the store, and you're going to buy her a birdbath. In fact, they told me a better birdbath than what she had. Friends, I can remember to this day going up Ace Hardware, and I had my money in my hand. One birdbath, please. I remember that day. It sticks out. Make it a teaching moment. Make it a teaching moment. They stick. Follow up with affirmation and love. After disciplining, follow up with affirmation and love. You know, warm embraces. You know, tender words. You know, the saying, I love you. You know I do not enjoy getting on you about this. Don't leave this out. Parents, do not leave this one out. I can tell you, having survived parenting, that the most precious moments in my parenting career, many of them 
were the embraces after I had to get on my girls about something. You know, some of, some of the warmest embraces were after tough situations. And I would say, I love you, Stacy. You know, I love you, Alicia. And then they'd say, I love you too, Dad. Big time, off the chart. Don't forget to do that. Remember, your kids are unique. Remember, they're unique. Do not always discipline each child the same way. You need the same rules. You need stuff that's fair and equitable, no favoritism. But when our girls were growing up, and I can see it with my grandkids too, but our our girls, one one of my daughters, she would mess up. And I would catch her, and I would say, Carol, you're disobeying. That was wrong. Not going to put up with it. And she would well up in tears, and seldom, seldom did we have the same problem again. She'd find new things, but, you know, seldom did we have the same problem. Conversely, if I was to talk to my other daughter the same way, she would go, yeah, whatever, Dad. i go, look at me, Jenny. This is wrong. This is wrong. And I am not going to put up with this. You know, your mom's not. I'm not. We are not going to tolerate this. You have a choice to make. Now, the names have changed to protect the guilty in this case. All right? But you get the idea? Same rules according to age, but you do have to deal differently. You do have to deal differently. And here's the last one. Apologize to your kids when you're wrong. When you mess up, maybe you go too far with a punishment, or maybe you don't go far enough. I mean, a lot of times you get it right as a parent. But now and then, every one of us have been there where we just mess up. And you should go to your kid and ask them to forgive you. Because here's what I've figured out. They know you messed up. And they're waiting to see, they're wondering, if mom or dad will come clean on this one. And I know as I say that, some of you are probably... It's racing through your mind. You're going, well, my kids are growing. That's, you know, that was a long time ago. It's not a big deal. Here's what I know. It does not matter how old your children are. Pick up the phone. Jot them a note. Because here's what I know. It matters to them. It matters to them. So there we go. Quick tips. So how about it, parents? Are are you up to the challenge? You know, can you chart the course for your kids? Can you address the violations of protocol along the way? You know, Proverbs 20 says, even children are known by the way they act, whether their conduct is pure and whether it is right. Here's what I believe. I believe we've got some great kids in this church. You know, there, there are some of the kids I speak very highly of. You know, there are some 
the word gets back to me. They're spoken highly of by their teachers or their bosses or their neighbors. And I believe every time I, I witness uh, a kid do, you know, just living the right way, I think, what a great start for life. Discipline matters. The stakes are high. And it's with a lot of hard work, some tripping and stumbling once in a while, but I believe if we're willing to work at it and ask God to help us, that we can rise to the parental challenge. Let's, let's stand for a word of prayer. Uh, I'm aware this week, uh, Memorial Weekend, and uh, you know I hope you will take time out. I think sometimes we forget what the holiday is about, but that you will take time out um, and thank God for men and women that have given their life to protect this country to protect some of the freedoms, some of the the joys that we experience uh, as a nation, as individuals, and um, that you would take a moment out and just thank God for those men and women that were courageous enough to take that step and also those men and women that are protecting this country, that serve in various capacities uh, all around the world. Um, And if you know individuals... uh, Personally, you know, jot them a note. Let them let them know that you are thankful that it is noticed, that it is recognized, and that you realize that that is uh, a godsend. Um, that their life matters and what they're doing. So, let, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, we thank you. We thank you for all the men and women that have given their lives, have sacrificed, the families that have been changed because of their sacrifice. God, we... I can't imagine the the struggles and the loss, but God, I know that... um, Their sacrifice did matter and does matter. God, I thank you for our men and women that are serving, whether it be here in the States or abroad. God, I pray that they would know that there's a grateful country, and not just a grateful country, but grateful people that love them, that are thankful for all they sacrifice and do. God, I pray that... uh, He'd continue to guide us in this whole parenting endeavor. God, we thank you for our children, children in this church, in this community. God, I thank you for the young men and women that uh, are part of this church that I marvel at how fearfully and wonderfully you've created them. Thank you for their friendship. I thank you for their their labors and their work that they are truly a part of this church. God, we thank you for all things and in all ways. Amen.